Next on BYU Sports Nation, bring on the West Coast Conference Tournament. BYU basketball, men's and women's, rolling into Vegas. Bracket set, game on. A windy city welcome for Jimmer Fredette. The newest member of the Chicago Bulls gets a hero's welcome and starts his new era off with a swish. Plus, the month of March, not just about basketball at BYU. Spring football practice is open today. We'll get you set for it with five hot topics. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Monday, March 3rd. Yes, I said March 3rd. Woo! The madness is here. BYU Sports Nation back at it live from Studio 2. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who can quote 71% of the lines in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Jerem Jordan. It's pretty accurate. Wherever and however you may be listening, great to have you with us as always. There are no Monday blues today. Ironically, we're kind of seeing a lot of red. Jim Fredette in oh. red and black. Wasn't that weird? Yeah, but I'm fine with it. Whatever. Newest member of the Chicago Bulls, the Shy City Baller, apparently did something that even Michael Jordan didn't in a Bulls uniform. This is unconfirmed, but we, we can't. Yeah, we can't confirm this. But someone mentioned that he scored quicker than Michael Jordan did in his first game <laughs> against the Bullets in 1984. Jimmer, first shot, bucket. That was so fitting. Man, that was awesome. We'll break it down in a minute. That was. That was a great moment for Jimmer Fredette in his NBA career and a rocky NBA career thus far. BYU Spring Football gets an official start today. Linebackers coach Kelly Papinga will join us in 29 minutes. I said Papinga. It's Papinga. I don't, I don't know why I'm saying Pop. 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 Okay, Pop. Yeah. All right. Uh, why he feels like a kid on Christmas morning and what the Papinga crazy eye <laughs> is all about. Oh, yeah, we're going there. The legend of BYU Sports Nation karma adds another tally to its already impressive resume. Lexi Eaton, 18 points, 7 of 14 shooting, joined us on Friday. She outscored and helped shut down San Diego star Amy Kame. Are you a believer, Jerem? I'm a believer. What? Wait, what? Huh? A believer? Or a believer? Oh, believer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. what are we talking about? Be careful there. Careful. The West Coast Conference will announce their annual conference awards later today. We'll ask Blaine Fowler his picks in 13 minutes. Jeremy, do you have any any initial thoughts on let's Let's go freshman of the year. Who do you think is going to win freshman of the year of men's basketball? Jared Brownridge of Santa Clara. Yeah, I you think know. so, too. He was good. When you talk players of the year, BYU's got a good shot at winning both. Well, go, who, na- who does nat- Gonzaga have that's better than Tyler Haas? I don't think that Kevin mm. Pango stuck out or Sam Dower. I think Tyler Haas might win WCC Player of the Year. And then on the women's side, Gonzaga won the conference. But who's been more dominant than Jennifer Hampson? So we could have a cougar twosome of conference players of the year today. Hampson's been a beast. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? This is the that... only time it's okay to call a woman a beast. Exactly. She's been fantastic on the basketball court. She's been uh, dominating. Has that ever happened? Has BYU ever swept conference awards on the men's wanna, and women's I side? I want to say that maybe... The, Maybe uh, Trent Playstead and Ambrosia Anderson in like 06, 06. 07, okay. maybe? Either I bet, way, I bet it's we'll find out later this afternoon when the West Coast Conference officially announces the conference awards. And of course, the Oscars. My favorite part last night, the pizza party and the <laughs> selfie. I thought, the Ellen selfie. De- I thought Ellen DeGeneres was, was fantastic. Oh, the selfie. Okay, you retweeted. You're, you were one of the people that retweeted the selfie, one right? One of many. Let's see. I'm, I'm checking right now. <laughs> 2.7 million retweets. 
Twitter said that this is the most retweeted tweet of all time. It literally shut Twitter down for a minute. <laughs> no kidding. Like, like when, does, everyone, when does Twitter get shut down? Yeah, never. And then, and then everyone created their own version of that picture. <laughs> yeah. so the best one I saw was it was all Nicolas Cage faces. <laughs> awesome. Nicolas Cage, I don't know where I am. I, I love that guy. <laughs> we need... <laughs> Yeah. We need to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Join our conversation with the hashtag BYUSN, that hashtag giving BYU fans a 24-7 channel to link up across BYU Sports Nation. Have your say wherever, whenever, and sound off on today's Twitter question. What's the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today? Is it men's hoops? Two seed? On fire? Jimmer? Spring football? Other? Weigh in using hashtag BYUSN. BYU Sports Nation airs weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show on demand at BYURadio.org, or listen to the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 Eastern. We will be simulcast on BYU TV from the West Coast Conference Tournament this Thursday. Yeah! Live from Las Vegas, do not miss the debut of our simulcast, BYU Sports Nation. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Next stop, Las Vegas. That pass by Carlino. Haas takes it right back and takes it in. BYU basketball does something Gonzaga and St. Mary's could not do this season, and that's win at San Diego in the Jenny Craig Pavilion. Slim Jim! 78-70. Tyler Haas, 25 points. Matt Carlino, 14.6 assists. Nate Austin, one point shy of a double-double. Five for five from the free throw line, by the way. boy, Nate. Here's the thing, though. As good as that win was, it's, it's, it's kind of like, okay, we won. What's next? What's next? Yeah, they had to get that done. We talked about, hey, if they don't win that game at large hopes, gone. You know, for, for sure. And they've, we've come a long way with that, as yes. we've talked about the tourney train. Uh-huh, By the way, uh-huh. Bra- Bracken Ma- Yeah, there's, there's, there's Jerry Palm. That was Jerry Palm's tourney train. Even because he's on board now. BYU is in the first five out in his Oh, they bracket. are? Yes, they are. Oh. Mm, some well, recognition. Oh, Jerry. Welcome to the party. Yeah, welcome Myself back, Myself included. Well, yeah. Welcome back. After BYU started 0-2 in conference, losing at LMU and at Pepperdine. Ay, ay, ay. Majority of BYU Sports Nation jumping ship. If not then, many more jumped ship after the Portland-Gonzaga road trip. Then there's the group that said, no chance after the loss at Pacific, including my good friend Jerem Jordan and our producer Ben Bagley. Well, I was saying, why? Yep, exactly. BYU finishes with eight wins in nine games. They're 21-10. The Cougs go 5-1 and one against the other top three teams in conference. So with arms wide open, I welcome nice, you Creed. all back. <laughs> with arms wide open. Get back on the NCAA Tournament Express. You are all welcome back. Join me, won't you? Please (laughs) hop on. Joe Lenardi, just a moment ago, released the new bracketology. BYU is a 12 seed, 7th to last team in, uh, playing Oklahoma in Spokane. So So BYU was an 11, now they're a 12. But they're still in the same... So their seeding changed, but they're they're in the same spot in that they're the 7th to last team in. And he said last week that BYU, if they want to make the tournament... For sure, they need to beat San Diego, which they did, and then make a run to the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game. He said that's that's the, that's the key. But, so, do you feel that way that if they let's say BYU gets to the semifinal and loses, no at large, 
Ooh. Man, I, I don't, flirt, you are flirting with disaster at I that point. I don't think that BYU would get the outlaws. They said, have to at least get to the title game, and even then, you're talking by, by a few whiskers. When BYU was at 15 wins, I said they've got to get to 23 if they want to feel comfortable with, about their at-large hopes. That means get to the title game. I said they've 21 they, and 10 right now. They've got to get to 23 wins if they want to feel comfortable, at least feel confident. And it has to be Gonzaga in the title game. It can't be someone else. You would have to then win the game. Things are shaping up for BYU. But it's good. Yeah. The brackets, the bracket is good for BYU because you avoid Gonzaga and St. Mary's. This has worked out well. San Francisco has played BYU tougher than St. Mary's this year, though. Seven-point game on the road, five-point game at home. So here's how it works out. I'm looking at the bracket as we speak. BYU, oh, by the way, will be broadcast live on BYU TV. That game will take place on Saturday. Uh, 30 minutes after the San Francisco-San Diego game, we anticipate around 2.30. 5.30 Eastern. 5.30 on Eastern. On BYU Radio as well. 2.30 Pacific. Yes. On BYU TV. Awesome. Which is great. We got the BYU quarterfinal. Great. We're going to do 12 games, four men's, one of which is the BYU game. The BYU women will play on Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, sorry. They're playing in the same afternoon time. game. That's same time. So both About teams get rid of both the two seats. So BYU plays 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Mountain. The women do on Friday, March 7th in their quarterfinal. We will break that bracket down like no other leading up to that on, uh, on Saturday. And we'll be there breaking it down with everyone involved. Blaine Fowler, interestingly enough, he will join us at 15 after the hour. He, he pulled his best oracle out and... And said, look, BYU's going to have to do some big things to get back in the NCAA tournament. Here's, let's go back to January, January 27th. I think they have to go 8-1 and one down the stretch here and then win a couple of games. That would get them to 21-9 and nine if they went 8-1. and one. So say they go into the tournament, they get 22-23 wins. So to me, the goal as a team ought to be, well, obviously their goal is going to be to go undefeated down the stretch. But if they went 8-1 and one down the stretch with the only loss being at St. Mary's, I, I think they have a strong shot at that point. We will hand out official props to Blaine at 15 after the hour. In the bracket matrix, by the way, BYU the fifth to last team, and that combines all 82 brackets across the country. The story here for BYU is that they turn the season around, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Oh, yeah. 13 and 3. Man. BYU's 13 and 3 since starting the season 8 and 7 they after a four game losing streak. They were 8 and 7. BYU's the hottest team in the WCC heading into the tournament after going 8 and 1 in the back half of conference play. Nicely done, BYU. Exclamation point. Topic 2. Running with the Bulls. Jemma Fredett. It got loud. That was awesome. It got really loud for a guy that averages six points a game. After like, Jim- he's, so, he's so different. He's so unique. Somebody tweeted out after uh, Jimmer's make, that's the third loudest it's been in the United Center all year. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he came in with three minutes to play. The Bulls are a good team. They're a playoff. They won 9 of 10. They're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to be the four seed in the Eastern Conference. It's not saying a lot, but you know what I mean. Jimmer Fredette. Well, they have a winning record at least, right? Yeah. Jimmer Fredette 
has an opportunity to make meaningful buckets in the postseason, which is what I wanted, which yes. is what I, why, what I said I wanted to see when we first discussed this on Friday. We had Jackson Emery on the show on Friday. We asked him if he had been talking to Jimmer, and he said, yeah, and then he brought up, he brought up Chicago. That's and the so first team. You and I kind of both thought, mm, okay, mm, yeah, Chicago. he's probably going to Chicago. Okay. Yep. And then, how cool is it to see Jimmer in a Bulls jersey? It's cool to just see him out of that black hole known as Sacramento, but for him to play on a storied team like that, in Chicago, I mean, that's, it's fun. It's fun to see him get a, a rebirth. This is Jim Romania Part 3. And there were like eight cameras around his locker after the game. A what? For a guy that scored two points. And played three minutes. Yep. <laughs> they are excited at the prospect of Jimmer, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. He signs his deal officially on Saturday after he cleared waivers. He will make, and, and this is public public record, NBA uh, salaries are discussed out in the open. Jimmer will make over $100,000 per game with Chicago. Not bad. He's not, put in the work. Not bad at all. He's put in the work. What is the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today? The hot finish and number two seed for men's basketball at the West Coast Conference Tourney? Jimmer or spring football? Send your responses in using the hashtag BYUSN. Let's get to a couple of those. Tweet, tweet. At JazzFan12000, spring football is greater than West Coast Conference tourney is greater than Jimmer. Though I am interested in all of them. How is spring football leading the way? <laughs> you call it the third most exciting sport in BYU. Not exciting, most covered, covered or popular. Okay, most popular. At Crazy Coog Fantastic, my first love is football, but I would have to say the Cougar Cagers and their potential for winning the tournament is huge. The Cougar Cagers. Yeah, the basketball team. <laughs> I love it. One man called the hot finish to the BYU hoop season. We just told you about him. He eats cinnamon life, wisdom squares every morning. He'll join us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You are listening to BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio 2 at BYU Broadcasting. We will be live in Las Vegas on Thursday. Big week. Viva Las Vegas! Absolutely. Starting Thursday, March 6th, this week from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, BYU Sports Nation will be simulcast, continuing on BYU Radio, and now on BYU TV. Same time, Monday through Friday, noon Eastern. See what you've been hearing. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today is, what is the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today? BYU basketball getting hot, finishing as the 2 seed, heading to the West Coast Conference Tournament. Jimmer in a Bulls uniform. Or how about BYU Spring Football begins? Use the hashtag BYUSN. A perfect way to bring in our first guest today, Blaine Fowler, BYU TV analyst, former national champion, quarterback, 1984, BYU. Blaine, welcome back to the show. What is the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today, according to you? Oh, I love the Jimmer Fredette story. Although, although preparation for the West Coast Conference Tournament with the men and the women both as number two seed is a big story, but... I, you know, I just I just love the fact that Jimmer is finally with a team that I think will utilize his skills and where he's going to be appreciated. And I love the fact that when he dribbled down the court and made that jump shot, you can see the excitement of his teammates. How about Carlos Boozer and, and also the fans there in Chicago? They know how badly they need an outside shooter, and they're and they're excited to have him there, and he's excited to be there. So to me, if if you, know, if you went through the Jimmer years here at BYU, you just have to be nothing but excited to see him land someplace where he can have an impact and be appreciated the way he should. I'm glad you brought up the bench reaction because that was fantastic. That tells you a lot about what they think about him. And Carlos Boozer thought it was a three-pointer, by the way. 
Yeah, he, he had to look three up three. Yeah, up. Figured, yeah he did, three. He did. <laughs> no, it's just it's in Sacramento. It was it's a bunch of young, selfish individual players, and Jim will never come out and say that, but we can say that. And it's it's like the guys on the bench there; they're rooting for anybody that might challenge them for playing time to be awful. And in Chicago, this is a playoff team. This is one of the best coach teams in the NBA. They understand how to work. It's an unselfish team. And they're going to appreciate Jimmer for who he is. I mean, hey, free Jimmer, finally we got him free. Now he's someplace where I think we're going to see him blossom in the league. Yeah, and free is the, the free references. One, get out of Sacramento, I think, was the overarching one. But give him a chance. So what, what kind of difference do you see uh, Jimmer's role being on a good team like Chicago? Well, they're going, to, they're going to allow him to be a guy that comes off the bench and can be an instant scoring punch off the bench. And they need outside shooting. And I think that as time goes on, you'll see his playing time increase. Because that's the one. They've got guys that can attack the basket. They're physical inside. It's a very good team. Um, they run good sets offensively because their coach is an excellent, excellent coach that demands precision. Um, so he, he's going to fit in. And he's going to have the green light when he, come off, when he comes off the bench. So when that ball goes inside and gets kicked back out to him, he's going to be able to shoot it. And, if he can shoot the kind of percentage that he shot limited minutes in Sacramento, and I think he can, because I think he'll shoot even better when he has, you know, when he knows what his role is and he has more of a flow and he knows he's going to get consistent playing time. Now, that's not going to come until they figure out how to get him in the rotation. But I just think he's going to have more predictable minutes. He's going to know what his role is. It's going to be established. He's going to be appreciated by his teammates. And we'll see him knocking down threes. And I bet he, I'll bet he will shoot above 45%. In three point line, he's going to get more volume of shots um, up with Chicago and better consistent minutes than he did at Sacramento. And all of a sudden, people are going to go, "Oh, maybe he's not a bust as a first round pick. This is, his, you know, he's a good player." And when Blaine Fowler makes predictions, you should pay attention. I do want to yes. talk about Tom Thibodeau for a second. He was the NBA Coach of the Year in 2010-2011. They won 62 games that year, so he can absolutely coach. But let's get back to giving you props, Blaine, because we asked you a while ago at the turning point of the West Coast Conference season. You always 5-4 and four at that point in conference. We said, where are they going to finish? And you said they're going to finish as the two seed. And I believe Jeremy's response was? <gasps> or something like something that. Something like that. Uh-huh. Huh? What? Okay, so BYU finishes the two seed. Well done. And then we said, what do they need to do to be in the NCAA tournament at large conversation? And you said they need to finish eight and one in the back half, and they did. They did it. They so, did it. Blaine. Bravo, Blaine. The Bravo. Only, the only thing is, and we didn't talk about this on the air, but I thought that they would win out, and the only game that they would lose would be possibly at St. Mary's. So I didn't. I didn't have any idea that they were going to lose where they shouldn't lose, and then they would beat St. Mary's. Um, but that's okay, because in the end, it ended up being the record I felt like they needed to have. And the fact that they swept St. Mary's and they beat Gonzaga in that second half, um, I think plays well for them when that tournament committee is sitting in the room and they look at how they finished. They, they don't only look at you know, top 100 RPI wins and strength of schedule and overall schedule and all of that. They also look at how they finished. And I think the second half of the season bodes well for them now, I, I, I believe they can't go lay an egg and lose this Portland or LMU in this, in this quarterfinal game. I think they need to beat those teams. Those are teams they split with during the regular season. But I think BYU is a better team. I think Portland's similar to where they were. And I think LMU, because of injuries and issues, is not as good as they were when BYU played them. And so to me, um, there's no way they can lose in that quarterfinal match. And then, then they're going to play in the semifinals against you know, two teams that they swept 
either San Francisco or USD. I don't see them losing that either if they play the way they've been playing. They get to that final, and whether it's Gonzaga or St. Mary's, I believe it'll be Gonzaga. I think they win or lose in that ballgame. They're in the tournament. Their hmm. RPI now is high enough that they're in the NCAA tournament, win or lose if they get to that 35 final. right now. So you're on the Spencer Linton tournament, at-large tournament. Train. Join me. Join me, Blaine. Absolutely. <laughs> I was worried about the pause there. I thought, does Blaine even know what's going on right now? Hey, no, I, I, I feel like I scored a goal in the hockey. That's what I feel like. I did. Yes. Unlike the U.S. in the bronze medal oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Um, when you, you talked about that semifinal possibility with San Francisco or San Diego. The interesting thing to me is that BYU played better against St. Mary's than they did against San Francisco. The Dons ended up being a tough matchup, and that's potentially a game that's going to be tougher than maybe BYU fans think. Yeah, I, mean, I do think I do think that it'll be San Francisco. San Francisco played well this year. Remember, they have the same record as BYU in conference. They're twenty one twenty games this year, and they it, only it, lost it, to the good teams: Gonzaga, yeah, and it's, St. Mary's, it, BYU. It, it's a good basketball team, and and they've got this great physical inside out game. And they're a solid rebounding team. Tollison Dickerson inside always give you know, Cole Dickerson just gives BYU problems. He's been good in almost every game they've played, and they got Holmes outside knocking down shots. I believe that BYU has a better formula now with the rotations they have and with who they're starting to defend USF. I, you know, Mika seems to get in foul trouble against them early in their games this year. But bringing, you know, bringing him off the bench, I think, makes a difference. They let, whether it's Sharp that they start, I think, against San Francisco, um, you know, he, Dave, Dave does things based on matchups and what kind of size they have down low, whether you decide to start Worthington or Sharp. I think Worthington will probably start against USF. And then let him pick up a couple of fouls, go out there and defend. He's a good defender. He's getting better. Then you bring Mika in after that initial officials trying to establish the game. And it's not just about Mika not getting fouls. It's the fact that when he comes into the game and when Carlino comes into the game, lots of times they're matching up against another team's twos. BYU is really deep. It takes advantage of BYU's depth. And then it seems like we dominate and start to separate when those guys come off the bench. So I like the game plan in terms of rotation that this team has against San Francisco better than I did when they played them, especially early in the season. So I, I do think it's the toughest matchup from the, I actually think that USF is a tougher matchup than St. Mary's this year for some reason. And maybe it's just because of the, the amount of big physical guys they have inside complemented by their outside shooting. Um, and St. Mary's doesn't have Della Vidova. That makes a big, huge difference. Huge but, difference. Uh, but, but I do believe that BYU is very capable of beating San Francisco. Um, and, and I like the fact that they would have a day's rest with this new tournament format before they would play USF. So they play that game, that quarterfinal game on Saturday. They get a win there. They have Sunday off, and then they play USF on Monday. So some prep time and also some rest time, and I think that that's good for BYU. Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. You always have people to talk about concerns, the rust, and, and there was that talk heading into San Diego. BYU had a full week before they played San Diego on the road. Now they're going to have another week off before they play their next game. Two games in roughly two weeks. Is that a good thing, in your opinion, for BYU basketball? Well, I, I don't think it's going to affect them too negatively, but I think that they would prefer to play. So... I think they would rather have like a midweek game this week, a Tuesday or Wednesday game. I, I like the idea of having fresh legs and being rested, but there is that risk of being just a little bit rusty um, and not in your aggressive game mode. Now they, they were fine against San Diego, although it was not was not a uh, an easy one, a seventy eight seventy road game. Um, 
And, but, but I, you know, if I had to choose between having an entire week off again this week after having it last week or playing like on a Wednesday, I think they would prefer to play on a Wednesday. And so they, they're going to have to go hard in practice and, and, you know, go some live stuff where they really go full out and let them get after it to give them a game simulation early in the week and then taper that at the end of the week. And, you know, Dave and his staff do a great job. They'll understand how to manage through that and get them ready to play on Saturday. But it is tough, I think. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation. Today's spring football starts, Blaine. Uh, what's one thought you have going into spring ball that may be a question that you want answered? Well, I, I think the number one overriding thing for this team, the difference between them being a good team and having a nice season last year and what could have been a great season comes down to one thing. They've got to improve their red zone production. They have got to be better when they get down the red zone. We're not even going to call it the blue zone again until they get better at it. Yeah. So what do they so do during call, spring to improve that? Well, it really is about quarterback getting better pre-snap reads and understanding what he, where he wants to go early before the snap, then making a great first-step read, um, and then getting the ball up on time and being on the same page with the receiver so that the timing is there. Because the windows are so small down there that, that you have to be able um, to get the ball off quicker and, and to have the timing with the receivers to throw it in those windows. Blaine Fowler. And the other thing is, oh, go ahead, keep going. Is, is that they, I was going to say the other thing is they've got to be better in the run game down there. They get especially inside the ten, so they got to get more physical and develop more chemistry on that offensive line. So it's twofold. It's not just on the passing game. That, that's kind of on Taysom Hill. He's got to get better. He's got to get with the receivers. Reps and spring will take care of that. Um, but then that offensive line has got to get more cohesion, be more physical, and they've got to be able to knock people off the ball, especially inside the ten. Those two things, to me, on the offensive side, have to be the biggest focus of spring ball. If they can get better at that, they can have a really special season next year because their schedule is conducive to them winning 10 or more games. Blaine Fowler bringing it on BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate the time, as always, and we'll talk to you later today on True Blue. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks, Blaine. I bet he ate cinnamon life today because he was bringing it. All but guaranteed. What is your top storyline across BYU Sports Nation? The hot finish for BYU basketball? How about Jimmer Fredette in the Bulls uniform? Or the fact that spring football starts today? Send your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. How does Kelly Papinga prepare for spring ball today? Find out what the assistant coach thinks next when he joins us. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Beat to the Y to the U Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. you got a busy day, man. Mondays are good. Mondays are wonderful. And guess who's back from Russia? Dave McCann. Tonight on True Blue with Dave McCann, Dave Rose, Jeff Judkins. Previous. Are in studio as well as Blaine Fowler to preview the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. Blaine will weigh in on spring football as well. Catch True Blue tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 8.30 Eastern. Menyazavut Spencer. Gakvasavut. I couldn't agree more. I'm trying to think of all the Russian phrases I know. I wonder if you learned any. I hope so. It was there, <laughs> so, for, it was there three for a weeks. month, right? I know a month. To, yeah. I know how to say I love basketball. Yalubu basketball. Yeah, you're That's impressed. A, you're impressed aren't I am you? impressed. I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. That is awesome. You ate a whole wheel of cheese? Yalubu Jimmer. With the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. Absolutely. No one speaks Russian 
in America on the radio more than BYU Sports Nation? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bring it back. Bring it on back. Bring it back. Jimmer Fredette with the Chicago Bulls. Scores two points, one for two. Played a little over three minutes yesterday. Or the greatest two-point performance ever. <laughs> you would have thought so, according to the Chicago Bulls crowd at the United Center. Yeah. It was really loud. He got a really warm ovation. I love uh, The guy's calling him Mike Breen. And he's like, and, and his voice, he's like, he was almost surprised. Listen to the ovation that Jim of Redette's getting. Yeah, I thought yeah, that he was, was really cool. He was surprised. Well, he saw, he's the New York Knicks yes. play by play guy. So he witnessed Jim of go for 24 before the All Star break. So it's cool, it cool to see him with the Chicago Bulls. Signs on Saturday. BYU Hoops headed to Las Vegas. West Coast Conference Awards will be announced later this afternoon. And oh, by the way, BYU Spring Football back at it. Can I get some claps for that, Jerem? Thank you. Clap. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Well, you're not that excited. Sorry, caught me okay. off guard. Thought you'd be more excited. It's not the biggest storyline to me That's today, true. but I am excited for spring football. I'll be there this afternoon. Perfect segue to welcome in our second guest today, Kelly Papinga. Kelly is the outside linebackers coach and special teams coach, BYU football. Kelly, do you have a game day or kind of like a first day routine that gets you ready for spring football? <laughs> You know what? I don't, man. I just go out there and freaking coach, man. That's what I do. So I just, you know, just go, go do it, man. I don't, you know, no routine in coaching, man. You just go out there and have fun, bring passion, bring energy and uh, excitement, and know the guys know, let the guys know that you're ready for another year, and uh, you know, set a high expectation and let them know what it's going to take for them to be great and what I'm expecting as a coach and. I guess that's my routine, man. Excitement and emotion and passion. That's fair. Do you have a go-to routine when you're trying to get them pumped up? Um, like, a, like a phrase? Man. No. No? Well, yeah, actually, I do. I do, actually. Okay. I, uh, you know, Val Van Oy always got sick and tired of me saying this every single game. But after our pregame warm-up, I pull everybody together, and I give them the dead eye, the just crazy eye look, I guess. <laughs> I would tell them... Um, you know, it's time, man. You know, you guys have put in the preparation. It's time to go out there and have fun and play physical and make plays. And I don't know how I say it. You know, I'm saying I say it differently probably every single time. But Kyle could decide it every time. I'd always talk about having fun. I'd always talk about being physical. And I'd always talk about going out and plays in some type of shape or form. Nice. Are, that's usually my way of, uh, you know, at least, you know, they might not need to hear it, but I need to tell them, you know, Tell it to myself, I guess, to make me feel better about the game. And they're probably just sitting there like, all right, coach, shut up. Go up to the booth, leave <laughs> us alone for the rest of the game, and we'll call you on the phone when we need Kelly Papinga, outside linebackers coach and special teams coach, is on BYU Sports Nation. Staff continuity is a big thing for recruiting, for spring ball, for the actual season. How much uh, does that help BYU that the defensive staff continues to stay together, but also the offensive staff now has a year under their belt together? Yeah, definitely. It's one of the, I think, one of the main keys of why we've had a lot of success here um, defensively in the last really nine years. Um, just with Coach Menhall being the main, um, you know, head or leader of that defense and of our team, um, and then now with you know myself and Coach Haller, kind of newer guys, um, you know, and then you got the veteran guys with Coach Tidwell and Coach Kafusi that have been here the whole time with him, but. I think over the last four years especially, we've really got to know each other really, really well. we worked um, with each other well. And we just know, you know, before somebody, you know, says something, you know, for instance, we're, you know, asking each other or talking about, you know, what's good in, in this, you know, 
scheme against this scheme, what would work good against this play that this offense is trying to run, and all of us can just bang that thing out right away and know exactly what each other, you know, are thinking. And so we just know each other really, really well. We work with each other well. You know, nobody gets their feelings hurt. We all, you know, have things that we need to improve on, and I think um, we all just trust each other. And so I think our offensive coaches are starting to understand that too and um, get that. I think coming into spring ball last year, they just didn't know how Coach and I was going to be after leaving from, uh, you know, for Arizona for two years. And I think after a year being together now, full full year, they're going to be uh, a well-oiled machine. And not just talking as a as a team, but as a staff, they're going to know exactly what play calls they're going to be expecting from Coach and I, and uh, they're going to know exactly what kind of feedback he's going to want. Um, which is really important to a coordinator. He needs to know certain specific things from each um, position coach as the play is going on and as you know, really as the practice is going on and things like that. And so I think they're going to be able to give him better feedback. And that's one of the main things is just communication, guys. When you can communicate, then uh, everything just moves way faster. And so I know that's what our offense likes to do is move fast. And now just being together, they're going to be able to communicate better and uh, that thing's going to be going smooth. Kelly Papinga, outside linebackers coach, special teams coach from BYU, talking to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Signing day was really good to BYU. Recruiting on paper looks fantastic, especially at the linebacker position. I know in spring ball you don't see a lot of those guys, if any at all. So what what do you anticipate with your linebacking group headed into spring ball? Yeah, no, I anticipate Alani Fua to uh, establish himself as a leader and make sure he goes out there and he shows those guys um, kind of the culture of what it, what it is to be an outside backer. And he's done a great job. Um, really the last couple fall camps and spring balls are making huge, uh, you know, leaps and progressions. And I hope to see that from him again, uh, even though he is now a senior and he is the guy that's going to be the leader of this group that has the experience. And so hopefully I see that from him, a leadership um, and uh, kind of, another coach on the field, kind of like how Kyle was of helping the younger players. And so that's what I hope to see from Alani. I hope to see, you know, Bronson Kafusi and um, Michael Lisa come in, being new in the position, hopefully pick it up fast, come in and uh, give us uh, some more experience, even though they haven't played the position, but experience as a senior and a junior and guys that have played on the field before and putting athletic guys out there. Hopefully they pick up the scheme and are going to be able to help us in those positions. And then just uh, younger guys coming up, Sai Tautu, who uh, played outside backer for us last year, who's going to be at the position. We were kind of thinking about moving him to D-line, and then uh, just really this last week we decided just to keep him an outside backer. We felt like that was the best position for him. So I'm excited to see him continue to progress and take some, um, you know, leaps and jumps. Um, just coming on off his mission, and there's some walk-on kids that are going to have a chance. There's a kid named Peter Welsh and Jordan Egbert and uh, a kid by the name of uh, Brock Markham that are all going to come in and compete for, um, you know, some spots, hopefully on, you know, uh, have a role somewhere. And then uh, DJ Doman is another kid that we're going to look at at outside backers. So um, four walk-on kids there that are going to be able to compete and hopefully uh, find themselves a spot to get into 105 in the fall camp. And then we got a bunch of guys that are going to come in, you know, in the summertime that will uh, compete also. But uh, really just looking forward really to the guys that uh, have experience to continue to get better, and uh, to help the younger guys along the way. Kelly Papinga is on BYU Sports Nation. There's a rule proposal that will be considered uh, in about a month, the 10-second on on offense, uh, that 
you you can't run a play for the first ten seconds of the play clock. Now, how will that affect you guys defensively if that is uh, enabled? And what do you think of the rule proposal? <laughs> now, I don't want to get myself in trouble here, guys. So <laughs> I want to try to say this in the right way. Let's just say, as a defensive player, I mean, you guys can just—I mean, that's pretty simple to think about it. If you, as a defensive player, could get 10 seconds rest compared to one second rest or two seconds rest, what would you pick? Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as a defensive guy, yeah, you would want more rest. That would be great. But as our team, um, the best thing for our team is to not have that rule because our offense does like um, to go fast, and that is an advantage to them, and it was an advantage to us last year. Um, and so defensively, if I wanted to be selfish, I'd say, yeah, let's go with that rule. That would be great, and it take, take some pressure and stress off our players just you know, so they could you know, get some energy back and get a little recovered for the next play. But as a team, um, it's, what, it's what we do, and it's, it's not going to pass, guys. There's no way. 25 out of the, I think it was 128 or 124 or five coaches are against it, and uh, they, in my opinion, there's no way that's going to pass. Kelly Papinga joining BYU Sports Nation. You talked about leadership. You want Alani Fua to step up, Michael, Elisa, Bronson, Kafusi as they make the transition over. What else are the main objectives of spring football for the progress, uh, the progression of this BYU football team moving forward? Yeah, I would say, I mean, really I've talked a lot about leadership, but that's the, that's the key thing is we need to get our guys completely bought in. We need our offensive players to get bought into the offensive scheme all the way and to coach and I and the rest of the offensive coaches. And then the same thing needs to go defensively. We need every single guy bought in. Um, and to do it exactly the way that uh, has given us success in the past. And there is a model. There's a model that's going to give us success defensively. And there is a model, even though Coach and I you know, did bring a new scheme in and he's still trying to refine that, there is a model that we had success with um, before um, Coach and I left to Arizona that gave us a lot of success offensively. And so... We have a plan, and our guys need to follow the plan, and they need to, they need to understand if they follow the plan, you are going to win 10 games a year. It's guaranteed. I mean, it's happened every single year. If we do exactly what we're supposed to do, and if the guys follow the plan, they're going to give themselves a great chance to win 10 games. And, uh, you know, that's what we need. We need, buy- we need guys to buy in. And really how that happens is leadership. When we have the best leaders um, – on our team, that's when the teams have, you know, our teams have the most success here. And so, really, those guys need to take the team, and they need to run with it. And uh, us coaches will kind of just stand back and kind of, you know, jump in whenever we need to to get a little direction. But for the most part, we need the Craig Bills and the Alani Fulas and, uh, you know, the Manoa Pukulas and those type of guys defensively to step up and teach the younger guys know how this is done, you know, this is how it's done here defensively at BYU. And if we want to be dominant, this is what we need to do. And so when that happens, and I know it's going to happen because this group of guys, they've worked their butts off in the offseason, uh, we're going to be a special defense. And not just that, we're going to be a special team. And speaking of special teams, special teams, nice. Um, our focus will be um, mainly just fundamentals. We'll, be, uh, we'll do a, one special team a day. We'll practice Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so today's emphasis will be punt. Uh, and punt return, kind of just going against each other. And then on Wednesday, it'll be kickoff and kickoff return. And then on uh, Friday will be our field goal PAT, field goal block day. And so that's kind of how we'll work throughout spring. And then, you know, hopefully 
get some uh, team situations in for those those different types of teams on special teams. Well, Kelly, I can't wait to see that crazy look in your eye in the indoor practice facility tonight. We wish you the best of luck uh, as the third most popular sport at BYU starts today, spring football. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on again and uh, fired up to get the student started. It's an exciting time for BYU football. Thanks, Kelly. Good stuff from Kelly Papinga. Always love when he comes on. Great insight. And super excited for spring football. There's not You don't learn a ton from it because you don't even have your full roster, but there's certain things that you want to see happen. You want to see Trenton Trammell at cornerback. You want to see Taysom get better. You want to see the offensive line kind of gel. Hului Lapuahu, all the hype with him. Who the heck what, is the kicker going to be? What does he look like? Yeah, the kicker. We're going to break down the top five storylines going into spring ball for us in the next segment. What is the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today? Is it spring football? How about... BYU basketball streaking towards the West Coast Conference Tournament, figuratively. Or Jimmer Fredette in a Chicago Bulls uniform. Respond using the hashtag BYUSN. And as Jaron mentioned, the five biggest storylines as spring football begins. We delve into that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation hits the fourth quarter on a Monday. Final 15. Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan live from Studio 2. What's going on on Thursday? WCC Tournament, <laughs> yeah, baby. It that's starts right. in the morning with the BYU Sports Nation simulcast, the debut of that. We're pumped about that. And BYU TV will be down there doing 12 live games. We'll also have halftime and bridge shows during and between games. Uh, weekday mornings, BYU Sports Nation. True Blue will be from Vegas next week. Starts Thursday morning at noon Eastern on BYU, BYU TV. 12 games is a record. We left you talking about spring football. Just talked to Kelly Papinga. He said some really interesting things, especially about the linebacker position. And that's where we're going to start our five hot topics in spring football. The linebacker transition. You have to replace the likes of Spencer Hadley, Wani Unga. Oh, and then there's that guy, Kyle Van Noy. So you have Bronson Kafusi and Michael Elisa changing positions. I think that's where they, the team sees a need there, and so they're switching those guys uh, four walk-ons were mentioned by Kelly Papinga as guys that are trying to compete for a, a scholarship possibly in the fall. You have some return missionaries led by Troy Hines at linebacker coming in in the fall. And so linebacker, that's you need to replace three starters. That's a big deal. He said he wants Alani Fua to take over that group, the leadership role. He's the most role. experienced. Yeah. He's the only starter returning. So he's, we said, what do you anticipate? And he said, I anticipate that Alani Fua is going to step up and be the leader. Thought that was really insightful. Number two is the quarterback situation. After the transfer of Ammon Olsen to Southern Utah, BYU only has three quarterbacks now. Taysom Hill is the obvious starter. How's it going to shake out after that? On signing day, Bronco Mendenhall told us that he's okay with only three quarterbacks in the spring because they can get more run. It's okay. Anticipate four or five in the fall with McCoy Hill joining those ranks. I think Christian Stewart will end up being the backup followed by Billy Green, and then we'll go from there. Stewart is kind of... Taysom Light in that he's a really good runner. Stewart still needs to develop as a passer. But let's not let's not skip the fact that Taysom Hill is returns as a starting quarterback. That's huge. How much better can he become as a passer? Already listed as the number 15 college football player in, in the entire country, according to the Sporting News. Taysom Hill is going to have quite the arsenal at wide receiver. At least that's what everyone thinks. Because the numbers and the size and everybody that they brought in really looks good. Nick Kurtz is here. He's a mid-year enrollee. 
He comes from junior college in California. Devon Blackman and Jordan Lesler are the other two transfers. They won't join BYU until fall camp, but people will get their first look at Nick Kurtz. Is he going to live up to the hype, and can he replace Cody Hoppin? That is something to keep your eye on. The first thing you'll see if you see him is how thin he is. He's, he's small. He needs to beef up. He's 6'6", so he's not short, but he's he's needs to put on a little bit of weight before August. Otherwise, he'll be uh, in press coverage against the better teams BYU plays. That'll be a challenge. Faster but, than Cody Hoffman, though. Yes, but he's a tremendous wide receiver. Devon Blackman, Jordan Leslie, those guys will come during the summer. The offensive line was a patchwork job last year. In year two now of go fast, go hard offense underneath Robert and I, and in Bronco Mendenhall's scheme, what can the offensive line do a year better and a year older. Well, a year ago, it was Garrett 2J, brand new offensive line coach. Who are you, coach? Who are you, players? That was last year. This year, it's you graduated everybody but one guy, uh, but one, or excuse me, you only graduated one guy. So you have everyone back. You're adding to that. I expect the offensive line to be better this year. And the last of the top five hot topics for spring football, the secondary. Super banged up last year. Jordan Johnson, Trent Trammell, both gone. Who's going to step up and play those positions this year when everybody gets healthy? Yeah, so Tramiel's back. He'll play today uh, in spring ball. Last year, on the first day of spring ball, he tore his ACL out for the year. So the hope is that he can maintain or uh, stay healthy. He's looking good, according to the coaches. Jordan Johnson will miss spring, but he should be back. So those appear to be your two cornerbacks, Craig Bills at safety. How do you replace Daniel Sorensen? What do you do with Roberts and Daniel? I think Roberts and Daniel might be uh, the cat safety. We'll see. East Hartford, not that far away. That's exactly right. Countdown to Connecticut. 179. That's one of those tougher syllable. Yes, yeah, 79. <laughs> what is the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today? Is it spring football? Send your opinions to hashtag BYUSN. The whip around today includes a couple of sweeps and more BYU Sports Nation karma. Ah, uh, yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back on a Monday. Spencer. It's time to whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Fine. Men's volleyball. And Young is the match. BYU wins set three, 25-22, and sweeps Pepperdine. What a weekend for the Cougars. That's why you wanted to get it started. Sure. Second-ranked BYU had a great weekend at home, sweeping USC and Pepperdine through 13 matches in conference play. BYU's 12-1. and Everyone has. Everyone else has at least four losses. BYU plays at Long Beach State and Northridge this weekend. Men's basketball. After an eight-point win at San Diego on Saturday, the Cougars are the two-seed in Las Vegas at the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament. BYU will play the winner of Portland and Loyola Marymount Saturday, 5.30 Eastern Time, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio the way it should be. Women's basketball. Battle for the loose ball. Morgan Bailey tracks it down. Lexi Eaton, three-point line, has a clear lane to the hoop, and Lexi Eaton lays it off the glass. Two of her 18 points using some BYU Sports Nation karma Karma. after her appearance on Friday's show in the 13-point win against San Diego on Saturday to clinch the number two seed in Las Vegas. BYU plays the winner of Santa Clara and Pepperdine Friday at about 5.30 Eastern, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Baseball. Ladies win their first game there in the NCAA tournament at large. Mm. BYU swept the series in baseball with Seattle over the weekend. 8-2 and 4-2 wins in a doubleheader. The Cougars' first 
true home game is tomorrow against Utah. Listen to it live on BYU Radio and watch it on the W.TV. Gymnastics. BYU scored a 195.325 in a tri-meet at number 8 Michigan and Kent State. The Golden Flashes were ranked 23rd. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished tied for 12th at the Honda Classic after shooting a 4-under for the tournament. He got a nice paycheck. Rugby. Listen to this. BYU's home opener was a smashing success. A 101-13 win. I repeat, 101 points to 13 against the Glendale Raptors of the Men's Super League. This is supposed to be a pro team. BYU's looking like the pro team. Team captain Kyle Sumption will join us on tomorrow's show. I see show. what you did there with the uh, the smashing success. That was, that was well Tennis. Played. The men's tennis team beat Idaho 7-0 Saturday. The women's team rained out at Long Beach State. Cougars in the association. Jimmer freaking for debt. Yep. Made his debut as the Chicago Bull yesterday, going one for two with two points and two rebounds. The greatest individual performance by a man with two points in the history <laughs> of the association. The Bulls play at Brooklyn tonight on NBA TV. That's a good thing about Jimmer playing on the Bulls. You see him on TV more. Brandon Davies, by the way, broke a finger on his right hand six weeks ago. No update recently, but he was originally slated to return to action in 46 weeks. It's been six weeks. Hopefully, Hopefully he gets he back at it, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Tomorrow on the show, getting you set for the West Coast Conference Basketball Tournament, we're joined by BYU men's basketball head coach Dave Rose. Jerem mentioned Kyle Sumption, the BYU rugby captain, and Mike Littlewood, the manager of BYU baseball, or the coach. It's it's the manager in the big leagues. It's it's the coach, coach in college. college. Yep. That's how it rolls. On Wednesday, Sean Farnham of ESPN, he'll do a number of the West Coast Conference games that are not on BYU TV. He's legit. He mentioned the Lego movie yes. on Saturday during the Wichita State game, Everything by the way. is awesome. Yeah, he said that. Yep, that's so fantastic. Taylor Sander of BYU Volleyball. Dude is a stud. He's, he's the jimmer of college volleyball. Absolutely. Speaking of, rise and shout. Goes to Jimmer today. Just two points, but uh, a fun fun time seeing him play on national TV with the Bulls. Got in at the end of the game. We weren't even sure if he was in Chicago or he'd get into the game, and he gets in, makes his first shot. Nicely done. Jimmer Fredette puts it in! His first bucket is a bowl! I love Mike Breen. That was really cool to hear him calling that on ESPN on ABC. What's the biggest story in BYU Sports Nation today? Is it Jimmer? Is it BYU basketball's... Solid finish. Two seed heading to the West Coast Conference Tournament or spring football. Use the hashtag BYUSN. You've got tweets. Our good friend at Laser Sheep says, Hot finish! BYU has rebounded from a shaky start in conference, I'll say, and has gained back almost all faith that fans lost. Oh, ye of little faith! At Joshua F. Jensen. Hot finish and two seed to WCC. Still hoping for tourney bid after a rough start is huge. Spring football is all hype. No substance. Hang on yes, a second. Yes, but I love Hang it. Hang on a second. Now, there's some substance. It's not a, yeah, there's some, but not some. much. Some. But I still love it. At, at Brett Parker 6, Jimmermania alive and well. You can't stop it. In other news, Sacramento to be Jimmer cursed forever. <laughs> well played. And at Doug McClellan, getting a little taste of Jimmermania yesterday was sweet. Can't wait to see his role with them develop. Thanks to our guests today, Kelly Papinga, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation for show links and much more. You can always listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. For Jerem, I am Spencer Linton. We will see you simulcast on Thursday, but first, we're back tomorrow right here from Studio 2. You've just listened to a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Trevory!